Welcome to the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report, an hour-long Aggie football show heard weekly on the CRM Sports Network in this station. I'm your host, Gabe Bach, and last week, Texas A&M dropped a heartbreaker and a head-scratcher at Auburn 28-24. The Aggies somehow found a way to lose a game in which they allowed just 19 rushing yards. In fact, that's the fewest rushing yards in a win for the Auburn Tigers since punt, bama, punt. Since punt, bama, punt, way back, you know, 40 years ago, where Alabama punted twice, had two block kicks, and Auburn stole a win that Alabama was dominating. You go back that far that Auburn had gained uh, 19 or fewer yards rushing in a win. That's tough. A&M outgained the Tigers by 143 yards. Uh, A&M held the football for 39 minutes almost, just shade, shade under 39 minutes, and maintained a 10-point lead with the ball in Auburn territory with just over seven minutes on the clock. Somehow found a way to lose that game. Kellamon struggled in the game. He wasn't the only one, though. Made two critical turnovers, one in the first quarter on a bad pitch decision on an option, which was a fumble, and then an interception late. Both of them led to Auburn touchdowns. The Aggie defense was really good for most of the game, especially the front seven, but came unraveled in the last seven minutes via the passing game. It's been an issue most of the year. They allowed a pair of easy touchdowns. Auburn wins the game by four and steals a victory from Texas A&M in Auburn on the Plains over the weekend. Up next, A&M returns home for the first time in a month, the second time since mid-September to take on Ole Miss. A&M's looking for its first SEC West home win since October of 2015, over three years on the calendar since A&M has beaten an SEC West team at Kyle Field. A win would snap a two-game losing skid as well for A&M, would make the Aggies bowl eligible for the 10th consecutive season. It would also be a much-needed jolt of energy and confidence heading down the home stretch. Coming up on the program, we'll dive into the game against Ole Miss, look back to Auburn, and much, much more. Get into what's going on with the program, the good, the bad, and the ugly. We're joined by former A&M quarterbacks Jimmy Wright and Trevor Knight, former Texas A&M defender Justin Dunning, and SEC Network analyst Cole Kubelik. All that coming your way and more on the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report, CRM Sports Network. This car I'm driving, I overpaid big time. It was such a f- mistake. I should have just gone to Carfax.com, but I went to some other site. They gave me a price range? Oh, they were way off. Son of a... Carfax has a better way. When you search used cars at Carfax.com, you get the most accurate price based on the Carfax report, so you never have to overpay on a used car again. Start your used car search today at Carfax.com. Credit products are made by WebBank. Rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How did I get into credit card debt? A trip to the emergency room. Car repairs. (sighs) Moving expenses. (sighs) There's a million ways to get into credit card debt, but one sure way to start getting out. Avant. Avant offers access to online unsecured loans from $2,000 to $35,000 at competitive rates and no extra charges for paying back early. Over 500,000 customers have experienced the convenience of a loan through Avant. No wonder Avant has an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. The application takes minutes, and if approved by 4.30 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday, funds are deposited as soon as the next business day. And now Avant will also give you a $50 Amazon.com gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and to get this special radio offer. Go to Avant.com today and enter promo code 4646 when applying. That's A-V-A-N-T.com promo code 4646. Avant.com code 4646. Wherever you are this giving season, there's no better way to say happy holidays than with custom cards, calendars, and photo gifts from Vistaprint. And right now, you can get 50% off all holiday cards and calendars at Vistaprint.com. There are hundreds of our newest card designs to choose from. Or give a year's worth of joy by personalizing calendars full of unforgettable pictures. So get merry, get jolly, get 50% off all holiday cards and calendars. Plus, save on other photo gifts at Vistaprint.com. Just enter promo code HOLIDAY. That's Vistaprint.com promo code HOLIDAY. As a business owner, your daily focus is on increasing sales, decreasing expenses, and maximizing profit. And while you may have insurance for your business, you may not know if the coverage is adequate or if you're paying too much. 
With Dexter and Company Insurance, they'd like to help you out. Since 1876, Dexter and Company has been serving the business, home, and auto insurance needs of Texans for a reason. They provide the most comprehensive insurance coverage at the best price. For a quote on your insurance, call 764-8444 or click DexterCompany.com and see what Dexter and Company can do for you. Welcome back. Gabe Bach with you on the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network. And we're joined in studio right now by former Bryant-era quarterback, as always, Jimmy Wright. He coached a lot of football. He coached at Texas Tech and was the offensive coordinator at Mississippi State, offensive coordinator at Tennessee, former head coach at Wichita State back when they had a football team. Jimmy Wright with us here in studio, first looking back on that loss to Auburn. Well, it's good to be back, and what a uh, different type of – game we played against Auburn and yes. and like most head coaches gave whenever you uh really get into the business of offensive coordinator and and head coach when you're ta- looking at the big picture and the big picture is irregardless of the number of snaps you play like we played 79 against Auburn and and naturally the defense didn't play but about 53 okay mm-hmm. <clears throat> you got 79 snaps but mainly there's going to be between four and six plays that will either win you the game or lose you the game. And, yes. and like you and I talked yesterday, I said, okay, I'm going to just talk about three plays that cost us the game. And That's then we'll it. move on to Ole Miss. And then we're going to move on okay. to Ole Miss. Sounds fair. Because I'm telling you, we're getting into serious winning now if we want to go to a bowl game, Correct. Not just a bowl game. I mean, you got to get your team rolling again That's right now I mean. because it's it's stammering right now. It's, the confidence it's, is shaking. The the nicer word is struggling. We're struggling, like Cessna always says in the paper. Struggling. Yeah, like str- Joe Namath would say. Yeah, and so anyway, the three plays <laughs> yes. that I'm going to talk about. Okay, has and and, and it these really, are the plays that led to the Tigers. These are win. The, these are no. These are not the last. No, two no, sh- I understand. These are plays that put them. On the scoreboard. The biggest moments in the game, That's negative right. A&M and four Auburn. And and the kid didn't even get hit. He didn't get hurt. But Small went in there and missed a field goal. That was a big one. That's that a, big a big one. one. That's three points. Well, at that point, A&M still got the 10-point lead, and they're driving. And A&M had a short run on first down. They go fade, fade, which I thought was interesting because they hadn't hit one I, of those I all I thought it was bad. <laughs> yeah. And then he misses the field goal there. And, man, left hash has been an issue for him because he's got a natural draw. And uh, I was talking to Kitchens, a couple of my kicker friends, and it's been a real problem for him versus the right. Remember, he made one on the right, he missed one on the left. If, if there's a problem on hash mark and, right, and left and right, then let's run the ball on third down and put it in the middle and <laughs> right. let him kick the ball. <laughs> right, mean, exactly. If that, you know, I mean, if we're gonna if we can't score in the red zone, we're gonna have trouble beating UAB. I'm telling you now. Yeah. Okay. So getting back. That to was the, a big one because you could have gotten a 13 point lead, sucked the energy out, out of the place. And that that field goal hurt. hurt. Okay. Then you ran the option. Now, man, I loved running the option when I was in school. I, I liked it a lot better than the old high school handoff. You know, the dive mm-hmm. yep. and the dive. Okay. He ran the option. <clears throat> All he needs to do. All Kellen Mond needs to do, let's say you're Trevon Williams. All right. And you've got no over, you've got over 900 speed, yards okay. rushing in nine games, right? Yep. Yep. Okay. All you got to do is teach that quarterback to go down and dip left foot if he's going to the right and make like he's going here. That end will sucker in every time and then pitch. He's got Don't to make Don't go the, straight at the guy. Yeah. Off the line of scrimmage. He's got to make the defensive end choose. He's got to make – I'm going to say, if I'm going to go at you, I'm going to look at you, and when I get about arm's length, I'm going to go, beep, pop. and you're going to come in there and say, I'm going to kill that right. I'm going to knock his head off. Right. And you'll – Exactly. And that ball's gone. I hate to mention his name, but Ty, old Murray up there at, at OU, he runs the option really good for OU. He's a good OU. player. I mean, I mean yeah. Kellen. He's a really but, but, good player. But Kellen Mond ran a bad arc – and the tailback was too far out in front. He's supposed to be behind, pitching, catching the ball, yep. and then getting the steam. All right, that cost us seven points. That's that was ten. A free seven points. That, I mean, right. that was freebie. 
You also played the wide receiver pass really bad. The safety let the tight end leak out, and you'd be wide open there, Canella. And it really, I didn't think he, the receiver did a great job selling run there. He just kind of drifted off and then threw the pass downfield. It was a gimme pitch and catch for Auburn. The, the seven points, which a lot of these young kids from 18, 19, they don't understand how important it is about turnovers. And if you played in the olden days, Gabe, under, under Woody Hayes, Bo Schimbeckler, Frank Cush, John McKay, Coach Bryant, uh, Johnny Vaught, Vince Dooley was one of the – you make it – you throw an interception or a fumble, you're coming out of the game, see. Right. I mean, that's, that's the way it was. And so the next th- – this is two plays. The third play, at 7-14, we throw the interception. Yeah, that was and, a and, and, and I don't really know why we even threw the ball, but I know that there's things that occur in, in your passing game. If a – Receiver doesn't run the proper depth of a route, or he doesn't get separation, or the quarterback doesn't look off the 2-2 zone, look off, make the safety stand there, and then he he didn't arc the ball over the logo. He's got to know that when they walk up and play 2-2 zone or 2-2 man, if that guy playing 2-2 zone and the receiver releases and he goes 12, 14 yards and he gives him up, it's zone. And you arc the ball. If it's man, in this case, the corner sat on the route. The, the guy he sat right there in that outside fourth, and so, and and uh, Kellen did not look to safety off. You got to right. look to your right. You got to really look and get that safety playing on the hash mark. Yeah. I'm gonna show you something. We got a new board, so you got to be closer to the okay. mic, Jimmy. Sorry. If you if you're on the hash mark and you're gonna run the sideline, you're gonna have to run a three nine forty. That safety can't do that. Dion can't run that. That's it. And Stanley Morgan at Tennessee ran a 4-3. That's the first time I ever saw a 4-3. And, and he can't do that. So, yes. Well, if he looks to the right, he's probably going to scramble for a first down. And he just that, didn't look over And there. that's the other thing. I wish we would have uh, the great coaching that Johnny Manziel got. Read Gabe. If he's covered, run. Read <laughs> right. Gabe and Jimmy, if they're covered, run. And I'm going to give you five NFL players up front. Well, I'm, when we get to Ole Miss, I'm going to show you who runs. See? Yeah. Yeah. When we get to Ole Miss and get South Carolina. Cause, see, that's a good comparison. We played them, beat them by three. They played uh, – South Carolina played Ole Miss and beat them by four. Now, that's three plays, Gabe. And you could do more. That's 17 points, though. Subtract 17 from 28, we win 24 to 11. I don't know how the hell you're going to get 11, but 24 to 11, see? And just like this spread yeah. is 12, I look at it more like six, you know. And Now, we were the best team, and I'm going to get into time of possession. You, you, I know you know it. You and Olin have done a great job of keeping your composure about talking about how we lost because it was a pitiful way to lose. We'll have more with Jimmy Wright on the keys looking ahead into the Ole Miss game at Kyle Field this Saturday. Maroon out at Kyle Field on 11 o'clock kick on CBS. We'll take a timeout. More with Jimmy Wright next. Bach with you. It is the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network and looking ahead to this matchup. Aggies and Rebels at 11 o'clock at Kyle Field across the street from us here in studio looking ahead to the Keys against Ole Miss. Jimmy Wright back with us in studio. If Ole Miss runs four coverages and all you can do is throw ten passes then you do ten passes every day Monday through Friday against 2-2 zone, 2-2 man, man free safety, cover one, cover two, and you do it, and even if he doesn't get it, you take him to the video, and you do it, and you do it, and you do it. And he's going to major in football, and he's got to start making an A in football. You do it until you do it right. That's it. You do it until you can't do it wrong. That's correct. Yeah, that's that's, right. that's Coach Fisher's 
terminology That's there. Right. Coach Bryant used to say, do it or you're going to be benched. <laughs> you know what that feels like, don't you? I sure do. <laughs> I'm telling you. Yeah, and, don't and, pass when you're supposed to punt. I'm going to tell you something. Four-letter word, if you, if In the old days, if you, if you did not, if you threw an a interception or you threw a, a, had a fumble, you're coming out of the ball game, and you may sit on that bench that whole game, and you may not play the next game. Yeah. I mean, and it's and got to be a little more tender with the quarterback these days. Every player on that team has got to understand why you and I talk about stats. Okay, South Carolina, and and Ole Miss is a great comparison. We played South Carolina, we beat them by three. Ole Miss beat uh, uh, Ole Miss lost by four. Okay, all right. In yep. the, in the specialty period, when the special teams are going down, they uh. Ole Miss only had two bad plays as far as turnovers. A, a fumble and a 90-yard kickoff return by that real good receiver for South Carolina. Yep, Debo Samuel. I mean, that was seven points before you could even sit down in your seat in the stands. He went 90 yards. And then the fumble. And they lose by four. That's already 14 points right there, see. I mean, that's, the turnovers are bad. And if you look at Ole Miss, you can't believe it, but they ran 98 snaps, 50 rushing, 48 passing. And, and uh, South Carolina ran, I think it was uh, 69 plays, I believe. And Bentley passed for 68%, which you think he's not as good as Mon, and I think he's not as good as Mon. He threw for 363 yards on that day. That's right. And, and uh, the, the quarterback, Tamu. Passed for 369, I believe, and he ran for – no, 379, and he ran for 66 yards. His total offense was 445. Nick Fitzgerald hit us for 318. This kid went 445 against a team we've beaten by yep, three. I know. And a Will Muschamp defense. And, and I'm telling you, this is not going to be a walk in the park. We oh, need, no. We need all you fans to come because – we're, we're getting serious now about football. We got to get us a win to get some momentum going to go to a bowl game and become eight and four. Because I'm trying to tell you folks that we could have beat Mississippi State. We made mistakes. We could have beat Auburn. We made mistakes. We got three others. LSU is not a great football team. They might lose another one before they get to us. But we can beat them if people on our team will quit creating mistakes in the passing game or when they're running a skill play like an option and do it per- perfect because it is a big-time play if you do it perfect. Also defensively in the passing game, too, because that coincides with no. what Ole Miss does as well or better than anybody in this league is what A&M does as poorly as anybody in that, this league. And that's it's a, their that's great, truly great passing game, even without D.K. Metcalf, he's out for the right, year. Right, he's out. Truly great passing game against – I, I whatever you want to call it, it ain't good defensively yeah. uh, yeah, in the secondary. So now the difference is Ole Miss has been running on people. Yes, and Scotty Phillips went for one forty-one and three scores. He's one of the best running backs in the league, statistically speaking. That's what he did against Muschamp. And then Jordan Tamu, the running back or the quarterback, ran for sixty-six yards. That's and correct. Touchdown. I'm not sure they'll get half of that production, maybe a third of that production against A&M's run defense. So they're going to have to do what? Sling it all over the park, something's 50, 60 times. And, and that ho- makes you nervous still, even well, if see, they're one-dimensional. See, uh, if, if they have to go one-dimensional. Still nervous Mike, about it. Then Mike Elko's got to figure out, on a three-man front dropping eight. Now, remember now, there's eight zones back there. If I'm you worried about that. If He's you can't jump, cover it, coverage, they still lose. If you can't cover it with four, then you add five. If you can't cover it with five, you add six. Well, heck, if you can't cover it with six, then rush three and drop eight, and then this. And I think pray, you know. Right. After that, see, because yeah. we we're going. I may ha- just pressure them anyway, because man to man or zone, they're not. I think I, I think our players. I think our players in the secondary play a much better pass coverage when they play low man zone and high man zone. In other words, your 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 uh, middle your middle uh linebacker area and your people covering outside flat, <clears throat> that's called the middle zone the area there, and they go back from twelve to fifteen yards. And then you got guys care- covering the deep outside, me- deep middle, deep outside third. <clears throat> 
I definitely think that number 10, Tamu, is as good a player as Nick Fitzgerald. So we got to get after him. We way better be, thrower. We got to way bit. You're right, Gabe. He is a much better passer. Oh, yes. No Cause, question. Because when I saw Nick Fitzgerald against uh, LSU, I called him a thrower. Then he turned into a passer against us. Tamu is a passer coming in here. I didn't and, talk to one Rebel fan who was worried about Shea Patterson leaving. I know it. Because they have this guy. Uh, I have not talked to any of my old Mississippi buddies there that, that are still working at, at, at one at Ole Miss and a couple at Mississippi State. Talk to them. And Ole Miss is not – when Shea Patterson transferred, they said, look, we got us a quarterback. And this kid is good. This kid okay. is really good, number 10. And, and we're going to need all the help we can from you fans to not get mad, get uh, disgruntled. You need to come out because we can win these last three. Or the la- I'm not going to say the last two or the last one. We, can, we need to start and get us a three-game winning streak. And the guy we got to stop is number 10. And like you said, Phillips is their number one ball carrier. He's their number one. Mm-hmm. He scored three touchdowns. Tamu scored one on a 17. And then I think uh, uh, Water scored a touchdown. Now, all the other touchdown runs are like one, two, and nine yards. Our thanks to Jimmy Wright, Trevor Knight, Justin Dunning, figure eight. Coming up next on the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network. At Ulta Beauty, the holidays are all about letting your inner glam shine through at every occasion. So whether you're getting ready to show them who's boss at the office party with pink and berry shades from Urban Decay's new Naked Cherry Palette, or you're getting ready for a mistletoe moment with colorful, kissable lip kits from brands like Tarte, ColourPop, and Anastasia, Ulta Beauty is here to help you shine brighter all season long, from Friendsgiving to New Year's Eve. Get ready to gift. Get ready to glam. Get ready to shine brighter. Only at Ulta Beauty. The possibilities are beautiful. The natural habitat of a creepy doll is a horror movie. It can't help being creepy. It's that small, fixed smile and those never-closing eyes, always watching you, plotting, which you're imagining. It's mindless. But when the creepy doll hears that Geico not only saves people money, but also gives them easy access to emergency roadside service through an award-winning app, it knows you should switch. Because yes, switching to Geico is a no-brainer. The only question is, how did the creepy doll move from the bedroom to the hallway? I would get out of the house. Are you putting your retirement savings in a 401k, IRA, or investment account? Then I have one word of advice. Stop. Many experts warn of a stock market crash any day now. And if it's anything like the last two crashes, you could lose 50% or more of your hard-earned savings in the Wall Street casino. Can you afford to lose half of your retirement savings again? Hey, you don't have to lose a penny because there's a better, safer way to save for retirement. And you can learn all about it in a free report. This is the report Wall Street and big banks desperately hope you never see. Why? Because this method continues to grow your money even when the market tumbles. It lets you take back control of your money and finances and it gives you penalty free access to your savings plus it beats the pants off any 401k or ira these are uncertain times so get the information you need today to guarantee your retirement security to get this free report go to bankonyourself.com right now that's bankonyourself.com bankonyourself.com Hi, Gabe Bach here from TechSags Radio, and if you're not currently a premium or varsity-level subscriber to TechSags.com, what are you waiting for? TechSags.com is the inside source for all things Aggie sports, the leaders in breaking news coverage, in-depth analysis, recruiting scoop, and more. Whether it's exclusive long-form interviews with Aggie players and coaches or insight on the next big recruit on his way to Aggieland, nobody covers A&M like TechSags. Jump on board now and don't miss out on the very best in A&M sports coverage. It's TechSags.com. It is the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network and looking back on the recent struggles, particularly at quarterback and defensive back, and the keys to turning around the ship this week. Joined in studio right now by the figure eight crew, former teammates at A&M back a couple years ago. Quarterback Trevor Knight, defensive back, turned linebacker, turned edge rusher. Justin Dunning with us in studio. What is y'all's perspective right now overall, what you're seeing during the two-game slot? J.D.? Uh, man, I think like any other fan, it's it's really disappointing. I think um, the biggest disappointment to me as a former player is the fact that I, I do see that this is a different team and I see the areas that they've grown in. But despite that being the fact, 
the record doesn't really reflect that. And people are going to judge them and categorize them the same as we've had as team, teams in the past. So that's really kind of disappointing for me. But, I mean, just to see a loss like that in a game that we should have won, we can't allow that. And that has to stop in the future. And I obviously know it's a culture change and you have to go through growing pains. And Jumbo knows what he's doing. But, I mean, you can't allow teams that – that you're better than to beat you. And I think everyone who's watching the game can say that we're better than that team or we look like we're better than that team. And, I mean, that just comes down to learning how to win. I talked about it at the Arkansas game. I said, if you let teams hang around, they'll find a way to beat you. And we did that. And, um, I mean, we really have to move forward and just just learn how to win. I mean, kind of like Jimbo said. Trevor. Yeah, I'm think? with you there, J.D. I, I agree 100%. What disappoints me is – the fact that all year long we have been talking about that culture change and we have been talking about how it's a different team, yet here we are again and it's the same narrative as we've seen in the past. And it it really bugs me to hear everybody in the outside world talk about, well, it's the same thing. Oh, we're disappointed. The NADS virus kicking in. Yeah, I know. <laughs> November Aggie depression syndrome. Yeah, but grow a pair is off the charts. We can't keep them on the shelves right now. Right. <laughs> yeah, I, and – I'm with you. It's not the same team. And we've seen that from this group. But it's tough to win in this league. It really is. And that's two good football teams. Not great football teams. Games that we definitely should have won. But it's a fine line between winning and losing in this league at this level. And you have to figure out a way down the stretch, late in the season, after a bye week, all these different elements, to get on the right side of that fine line. And we haven't done that the last two weeks. This week especially was super disappointing to me because we had them. I mean, 10 points up late in the fourth, three points up with the ball, and then let them go down and score. We have to find a way to end up on that right side of the fine line. I want to dive into a few things. The primary issues, and we'll talk about four or five just primary things right now, and I want you guys to to take it from this perspective. Whether this can be fixed in season, because they've still got three more games. I mean, they could go 3-0, and they're all at home, but they got to fix some of this stuff, and they're working over there to try to fix it right now. They're not saying, well, shoot, we got to just have better players, throw our hands in the air, we'll take our 6-6 six and six and go batter our way. That's not the way they're approaching it. That's not the way we're approaching it. Let's dive into it. Can a lot of this stuff be fixed, or is it more of a long-term project that's done through further development of the guys you've got on the roster and the all-important thing, the big R, recruiting? Okay. Mm -hmm. So honestly speaking, when you look at this stuff, and let's start with the quarterback. Is it something, man, in season, here's a couple adjustments I'm seeing. If he does this, he's so close, or it's just going to take more time seasoning in this system. Recruiting to strength, keep continue to strengthen position. What do you think? Yeah, you know, I think it's a little bit of both. I think from a developmental standpoint, we still have to remember that although he's played a lot of ball here and, you know, he's played really well at times and not played so well at times, Kellen Mond is just a sophomore. Yeah. He's still 20 a young, until June. He's yeah. still a young dude. He's got a lot of time and he's in a new system this year. You got to give it time to develop in that. We've seen him come and take a huge jump this year. But he's going to continue to do that and continue to do that. And anytime, I mean, you look at the Tom Brady's of the world who have been in the system for as long as he has, um, and, and the Peyton Manning, all those types of players, it's rocking and rolling. They're not having to sure. think about things. They know their personnel. They know the system. They know the plays. They know the down and distances, what's going to be called. They have a relationship with their play caller. All those things make a difference whenever the game's on the line in those tough situations, the confidence, all those types of things. So give it time. Let it let it marinate a little bit. Let Kellen get his get his groove. And we've gotten a ton out of him this year. But there are some fixes with recruiting that you can bring in with guys that are just gonna make you a better football team and a better offense, specifically the moment that they step on campus. Yeah, there are weapons you can add to it that will even bolster Mont. So when you talk about recruiting, you're not just talking about quarterback room recruiting. You're talking about overall getting more speed on the field. More like speed that. on the field and more dynamics on yeah. the field. Um, you know, it's a puzzle piece. And when you find the right guys and you have finally have that perfect group, that's when you go out there and you look like, you know, the New England Patriots. Justin, <laughs> follow up on that as it pertains to the quarterback. <clears throat> kind of just add in on what Trevor said. This is obviously my first season uh, being off the field. And so I've kind of had an opportunity to see a different narrative around what's going on with the program. Uh, I've seen a lot of Kellen Mond hate, you know, the past couple of weeks, especially. Guys are saying he took steps backwards. He's not the same player, things like that. And just to kind of defend Kellen a little bit, I don't think he necessarily took steps backwards. I think early in the season, what we saw was flashes of what's to come. 
and what he can be in the future. Mm. Me personally, I don't think he's there right now. And so what we saw versus Clemson wasn't necessarily what Kellerman is this season or what he's going to be, but that's what he's going to be in the future. And so I think just, you know, another year on the Jimbo, the offseason is going to be much better. And I think, you know, I heard Jimbo said in a press conference the other day, he said, you know, in the game, there's a lot of things that – um like all eyes are on the quarterback. And so a lot of mistakes you think that it's everything's on the quarterback. He said he broke down the film, there were only six plays that he disagreed with Kellen on. And so a lot of decisions that he made that we thought were overthrows or bad plays or bad decisions he made, you know, you have to be inside the room, you have to be in there watching the film and actually watching what he's doing. And so I think, you know, when you talk about the mistakes that he made and they look like this bad on him, you have to correct the, the offensive line, you have to correct the receivers. And, you know, I think we did some of that last week, but I think it's going to continue to get better throughout the offseason, throughout the rest of the season. Um, you know, kind of speaking on, well, I don't want to move move too forward on receivers, but yeah, all right. Well, let's get let's go dive right into it. And you can have the first crack at that the receiver okay. position. And Jimbo said, even look the pick. He ran eighteen and back. He's supposed to run twenty five back to eighteen. It was supposed to be a legit mm-hmm. eighteen yard sort of comeback, but he did at the top of his route was eighteen from the line of scrimmage. He ran that thing that sucker seven yards short. Right. So he didn't have a problem saying, "Look, that was a bad route. Could have been a lot better." Trevor, if he's seen it a hundred one time, he's seen it a thousand that they're going to blame the quarterback rather. Not that he's been tremendous by any stretch of the imagination, but mm-hmm. that's pretty interesting. Receivers, Osmond should be back. Right. Do you think this is an instant type of fix down the stretch, or is it something that's going to take longer? I think it's going to be something that takes a little bit of, a little bit of time. Obviously, I don't think we're going to be as bad as we were during the uh, was the Mississippi State game. We had six, seven drops. Yeah. Um, we obviously saw an improvement this week. You know, you saw Jay Sternberger drop two passes the game before, and he came out and he's out there making plays all over again. Um, I think, you know, we're just young, young in the group. A lot of guys that haven't really made plays. Uh, I think we have a lot of talented guys, but I think, you know, maybe next year we're going to have some guys who really step up and dominate. We've seen flashes again. You know, we've seen uh, Kendrick Rogers step up. We've seen Courtney Davis, how he's grown. We've seen Jay Sternberger jump out of nowhere and make plays, but I think that's that's something we kind of fix in the, in the future. Trevor, what do you think? You know, I want to take a step back just for a second because you were talking about how the quarterback and the head coach always get the, the, the praise when things are going good and they always get the, you know, the wrath when things are going bad. And that's sure. so true. Everybody, what are they saying right now? Well, Kellen Mond's not playing well enough and Jimbo Fisher makes $75 million and he's not getting it done. Right. Well, like you said, there's a lot more to it than just those two guys, although those are the guys kind of in the spotlight. And I know that from personal experience. But as a team – Team-wide, as a whole, it's all, it's all about paying attention to details. Thank you, TK. Justin Dunning, we'll take a timeout. Cole Kublik with us going around the SEC and in the trenches next on the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report, CRM Sports Network. Gabe Bach with you on the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network. And going out to the phone line right now, Olin Buchanan, our columnist with us in studio as well, as we call out to Cole Kublik, former Auburn offensive lineman. Cole Kublik of the SEC Network with us here on the hotline. Well, I think Auburn's defense proved they still have talent, still have ability, still have playmakers, and continue to fight to give them credit for. They, they obviously didn't get up and and Stidham got an opportunity to make a few plays late, but I would probably lean more towards a and giving that game away. You have a 10-point lead on the road, and you're able to run the football with the kind of success that A&M was in that game, which I don't believe any of us expected would really happen to the extent that it did. Uh, you gave that game away. So, uh, for me, I feel like A&M did everything they needed to do for three quarters to win that game and then just couldn't slam the door. Had the opportunity to and, and couldn't do it. Hey, Cole Olin here. So, um, with Auburn able to come back and win that game, how much uh, uh, how much heat does that take off of uh, Gus? Well, I think Gus is the coach next year. Uh, either way, and Alan Green came out and made some statements that that led to the confidence level being there for that to happen. I thought that was going to happen either way, just because of the financial situation and what it was going to cost. So, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know how much heat needed to be taken off as far as the rest of this year and remaining as the coach the rest of this year. But I mean, you, you look at what's ahead, Olin, and I mean that, that, that heat can be cranked back up in a hurry. And when they play Georgia this weekend and then play Alabama in two weeks, it probably will be, and deservingly so, because 
this was a season that Auburn should have been going into this week with an opportunity to play their way into Atlanta, just like they were last year. Based on the talent that that team has and the kind of defense that they have, they should have gone into this weekend with the opportunity to play their way to the SEC championship game. And, and obviously that's a long way away from being a realistic opportunity. So uh, there should be some heat, and obviously some things are going to have to get better. But if you go look at who they're probably going to lose and you go look at the schedule for 2019, uh, the optimism, I think, is running thin for Auburn. Hey, what would you say to uh, a lot of the folks here that I think are standing on the edge of the cliff thinking about jumping <laughs> off, and some even on our own message boards are starting to question Jimbo Fisher now? I would just say be patient and relax. Think about think about the positive things Jimbo has done. Think about where A and M would have been under the previous regime this time last year or the year before, and probably wouldn't have been in that game in the fourth quarter. So uh, let's see how they finish. Let's see if they can regroup. Uh, you know, they're still doing some things that I don't think many of us expected they'd be able to do. Playing the kind of defense that they played, running the football against Auburn last week the way that they did. You just got to get some guys to cut down on mistakes. And it's when you play on the road in this league against a good opponent, you need to play near mistake-free football to be able to get a win a lot of times. And they didn't do that this past weekend. So I think Jimbo has things heading in the right direction. I think they're number two in recruiting rankings right now. I don't look at that stuff every day. But yep. um, I know they're doing really well in recruiting. And I think when you look at the corners that have been turned in certain areas on this team with certain players, uh, there should be plenty of room for optimism in the future. Cole Kubelik with us of the SEC Network going in the trenches uh, in this league and around this league. Got one more for you on A&M. Cole's with us on the Mac Resource Computers Hotline. What's it going to take to to beat Ole Miss? And Vegas thinks this is going to be a blowout, and they've started at about 12.5, which I thought was a huge number. But, you know, Ole Miss can really score it. A&M can't defend it on the back end. Does A&M need to get to 30 somehow offensively? They haven't done that against a Power 5 team. Do they need to get to 30 to have a good chance to win this game? Probably. Probably. And <laughs> you said they hadn't done that against a Power 5 team. Well, they hadn't played a defense this bad. So uh, the opportunity is going to be there for them to run the ball, throw the ball, and consistently move the ball. Ole Miss is the worst tackling team in college football. Uh, I mean, it is it, it is a sight to be seen. And probably on the, on the far end of the, I can't believe it's that bad spectrum. So, uh, if wow. A&M can't find a way to do a lot of things offensively against this defense, then then your fans can go back to those message boards <laughs> and start to hit the panic button a little bit. All right. Hey, we were talking off air about uh, the jobs that could that may and may not come open. It just doesn't seem like uh, you know this year there's a, a lot of really uh, good jobs that may come open. But if you're looking at the SEC, is there any uh, – let me put it this way. What – because – uh, we know that Auburn, you know, he, uh, Gus is safe for uh, his AD said he is. And by the way, you mentioned that huge buyout. Is there, if there is going to be any coaching changes, where are they most likely to occur? In the SEC, I don't really see any. Okay. Honestly, uh, if if I were to, if, if you were to say, hey, here's here's a stack of cash, and you got to you got to place a bet on an SEC coaching change, I would probably bet Kentucky. Me too. Not because they're going to. Yeah, because just because he leaves. Yeah, somebody may come get Mark Soups, uh, and, and and he may be able to find a situation that he feels like is better for him, or that has a higher ceiling somewhere else. So, um, you know, the, the teams that aren't having good years are the you know you look at, at Tennessee, you look at Arkansas, you know, those are those are schools that just made a coaching change. South Carolina's not living up to expectations this year, but Will's not going anywhere. Auburn obviously is, is not going to make a move. Ole Miss is not going to make a move based on where that program's been, and I still think. I think that Matt Luke has exceeded expectations um, based on what they faced from the NCAA allegations the last two years. So I don't really, I don't really see it. And I'll, and I'll say this about Coach Duke. He's got a pretty sweet contract. And I don't know if you guys know the details on it or not, but yeah. he gets the seven wins and he gets a year extension and like an $850,000 rate every time he does it. So Woo. he's built a pretty good foundation to be able to continue to have success and to be able to continue to do some nice things. They'll lose a lot this year. It will be much more difficult next year. But I think the foundation is set, and they have found that little niche in Southern Ohio to be able to bring in some talent from there, which I think you have to do if you're coaching at Kentucky. I don't think you can coach at Kentucky and just make a living coaching or recruiting in the SEC footprint. you got to go up there into Southern Ohio 
and pull some talent from there. If you were uh, Mark Stoops, would you leave Kentucky for North Carolina? No, absolutely not. Okay. And I think North Carolina is a sleeping giant. I've, I have wondered for a decade why somebody can't find a way to get that thing going. I mean, obviously, you, you, you got the Jordan contract, so you've got the gear, you got the beautiful uniforms, uh, campus seats, it's very unique, it's a, it, you get a quality education. Obviously, you play in a Power 5 conference. Uh, the basketball is obviously going to be something that, that gives a little bit of extra appeal for kids who want to go be a part of that athletic program. Uh, but obviously the recruiting part is tough because North Carolina has not built a lot of football talent, but you should be able to pull from Georgia and you should be able to pull from Virginia. And there's a lot of talent in both of those areas. I've always wondered why that thing can't get going. It, it's, it's a really, really weird deal because you look historically, they've had some unbelievable players from Julius Peppers to Dre Bly to Lawrence Taylor. Thanks to Cole Kublik. When we come back, we'll, pick, we'll run down the SEC games of week seven. Keys to the game for AM against Ole Miss and pick this football game next in the final segment of the Texags Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network. All across Texas and beyond, people are buying from Tom Light Chevrolet. Why? because we constantly challenge ourselves to give you unrivaled savings. With the most competitive internet pricing available, there's no need to drive all over the map for the best closeout deals of the year. Tom Light Chevrolet has the largest selection of Silverados, Cruises, Corvettes, and Camaros in the Brazos Valley. You want more for your trade? Come in and get a free cash offer on your old car with no obligation to buy. Tom Light Chevrolet is your official Auto Trader trade-in marketplace dealership. Feel free to walk away with cash or use it as a down payment on your new Chevy. Because we know that when you see these amazing closeout prices, you'll never want to shop anywhere else. That's why since 1972, all roads lead to Tom Light Chevrolet. Come and see our team at North Earl Rudder Freeway in Bryan or shop us online all the time at TomLight.com. Chevy, find new roads. This car I'm driving, I overpaid big time. It was such a f- mistake. I should have just gone to Carfax.com, but I went to some other site. They gave me a price range? Oh, they were way off. Son of a. F- Carfax has a better way. When you search used cars at Carfax.com, you get the most accurate price based on the Carfax report, so you never have to overpay on a used car again. Start your used car search today at Carfax.com. Credit products are made by WebBank. Rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How did I get into credit card debt? A trip to the emergency room. Car repairs. <sighs> Moving expenses. <sighs> There's a million ways to get into credit card debt, but one sure way to start getting out. Avant. Avant offers access to online unsecured loans from $2,000 to $35,000 at competitive rates and no extra charges for paying back early. Over 500,000 customers have experienced the convenience of a loan through Avant. No wonder Avant has an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. The application takes minutes, and if approved by 4.30 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday, funds are deposited as soon as the next business day. And now Avant will also give you a $50 Amazon.com gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and to get this special radio offer, go to Avant.com today and enter promo code 4646 when applying. That's A-V-A-N-T.com, promo code 4646. Avant.com, code 4646. Wherever you are this giving season, there's no better way to say happy holidays than with custom cards, calendars, and photo gifts from Vistaprint. And right now, you can get 50% off all holiday cards and calendars at Vistaprint.com. There are hundreds of our newest card designs to choose from. Or give a year's worth of joy by personalizing calendars full of unforgettable pictures. So get merry, get jolly, get 50% off all holiday cards and calendars. Plus, save on other photo gifts at Vistaprint.com. Just enter promo code HOLIDAY. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code HOLIDAY.
Welcome back. It is the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network. Gabe Bach with you, and let's run down the SEC games of Week 11. And this is one of the rare weeks where all 14 teams are playing. There's seven games, all pitting SEC games. So every game is a conference game. There's seven games to look at. We'll go very quick because of that. South Carolina at number 15, Florida. 11 o'clock at the Swamp on ESPN. Florida favored by six and a half at home. It seems like a lot right now. I think South Carolina wins this football game. South Carolina is getting right a little bit. Mon Denson had a heck of a game last week against Ole Miss. Now we'll find out. He's a young running back, and they've been kind of going with a three, three-man three mix, and he's been outside looking in. How much of that was because it's Ole Miss, right? And how much of that is because, man, maybe they found a little something there in the run game? They found something in the pass game, too, and Edwards and Samuel are very good. Jake Bentley looked like he got a confidence boost. I think they're going in the swamp. I'll take South Carolina the points easy, and I think the Gamecocks win the game. Must champ going back home. I don't like that coaching matchup for this for South Carolina. I think Mullen's a much better game day coach uh, and developer for that matter. But I, the, my gut tells me South Carolina wins that football game. Vanderbilt at Missouri, eleven o'clock at Faroe Field in Columbia, South SEC Network. Missouri at home, favored by seventeen. Coming off that blowout, well, they won by seventeen, I think, at the Swamp last week, and they're coming home playing Vandy. Missouri covers that. I think they'll get the passing game going, shut down Vanderbilt's offense, and win easily. Number 16, Mississippi State at number one, Alabama, 2.30 p.m. at Bryant-Denny Stadium on CBS. And Alabama, at the time we're recording this, favored by 25 and a half. It's so much, even though it's at home, that seems like a lot against Mississippi State's defense, which is going to put out as many first and second round picks as Alabama's defense has right now. That two is unbelievable, but you know how, how banged up is he? And also, if you get a 28-point lead later, you're going to put in and Jalen Hurts. If he's still banged up, you're going to put in Mac Jones and then some maybe some gimme touchdowns late. Keaton Thompson will probably play late in a blowout, and he's really good. And you're going up against Alabama's defense. I think Alabama wins very handily, but it might be 35-14 range, and that's still 21 points. So I'm going to go Mississippi State in the points just on logic the way I think this game is going to play out, but it will not be close. Because I'm picking state in the points doesn't mean it's going to be close. It will not be close. 11th ranked Kentucky at Tennessee, 230 at Nayland Stadium. SEC Network, Kentucky on the road, favored by six. Cover, easy. Tennessee's got no players. Kentucky's got players. No win that game going away. Double-digit win on the road for the Wildcats. Auburn at number five, Georgia. Six o'clock at Sanford Stadium, ESPN, Georgia. At home, favored by 14 and a half. And other than the Texas Longhorns on our local show, which I get that pick wrong basically every week. This is the team that I've gotten wrong so often, Georgia. You know, I thought Georgia would beat LSU and roll, and they didn't. I thought uh, Kentucky, I thought Florida would cover uh, the spread in the cocktail party, and they didn't, or at least I thought it would be Florida in the points. I didn't think Georgia would cover it. And I had Kentucky in the points last week, and Georgia rolled. Well, this week I'm going with Georgia to cover it against Auburn at home, Auburn, that was a mirage last week against A&M's pass defense. Georgia got back to doing vintage stuff, handed to two different backs, and don't make Jake Fromm have to do too much. Georgia rolls this week against War Eagle. Number seven, LSU at Arkansas, 630 Reynolds Razorback Stadium. SEC Network, LSU on the road, favored by 13 and a half. That's a lot to lay on the road, but I don't care. Arkansas is terrible. They've got a few players. They've packed it in big time. LSU will roll because Arkansas cannot score on the Tigers. The Razorbacks won't be able to score enough. LSU will get enough on Chavis's defense, and I think they'll cover that. They'll win by 17, something like that. And that brings us to our game at Kyle Field. Ole Miss at 5-4, and 1-4 and four at SEC play at A&M. 5-4 and four and even 3-3. Three and three. The Aggies need this game to get bowl eligible, but even more so for program momentum, juice, confidence. 11 o'clock, it's maroon out. Aggies are asked to wear maroon to this game. It's at Kyle Field. On CBS, A&M at home, favored by 11.5. And that is a ton. That is a ton right now. Let's lay out the keys. I As soon as I saw that, I thought that was pretty easy money for Ole Miss because of what Ole Miss does extremely well, which is throw the football around. They throw the football around as well as anybody in this league. Well, better than everybody outside of Alabama. The only team that can give them that can even make a case. And that's what AM's weakness is, is just giving up big plays in buckets, in sheets out there on the football fields. So that makes you nervous. You talk about this from a betting standpoint. 
I do think A&M wins the game, but I'd go Ole Miss in the points. But here are the keys. Number one, you got a stonewall to Amu. Jordan Tamu, the, the quarterback, and Scotty Phillips is number three in the SEC in rushing. Stonewall the ground game and keep doing what you do really well as a defense and make Ole Miss be a pass-only team. And while that's very dangerous against Ole Miss because they could just say, okay, we'll throw it around 55 times and we'll, we'll throw for 700 yards, they're at their best when they maintain balance. So make them one-dimensional. And then go get after um, Ta'amu, because that's my second key. Bring numbers in the pass rush. Force the ball out of Ta'amu's hands quickly. You can't sit back, play coverage, and give him all day to operate, because Ole Miss receivers are so much better than Texas A&M's DBs. And you can play coverage all you want. Ole Miss is still going to win 50-50 balls. They're not 50-50 balls. They're more like 75-25 balls against A&M's DB. So you might as well bring numbers in the rush game and hit that guy and force him off his spots and force him maybe to make some mistakes, some critical mistakes that A&M has not been able to capitalize on in the form of takeaways this season. you got to convert your red zone chances into touchdowns as well. A&M's 106th in the country, and red zone touchdown percentage is 54.8 touchdown percentage in the red zone this season. Got to do that. you got to run the ball early and often. Get Travion going. Your two best, most explosive weapons on this football team offensively are your two, your two running backs, Travion and Ja'Shawn Corbin, the freshman. They've got to get going on the ground big time. No reason why A&M couldn't run for 300-plus yards in this game when you factor QB run, too. Kellen could run for 100. Travion could run for 200. Corbin could run for 100. We'll see what combination, but A&M needs to run early, often, and all day on the old and it plus limits their possessions keep moving the chains keep possessing the football hold the sucker for 40 minutes and then get off the field a few times first to 30 will win it uh, you got to hit at least one deep shot per half against Ole Miss and we're talking about an offense that hasn't hit any deep shots really at all this year down the field they haven't done it but it would release that pressure valve big time if Mon and the receivers can connect connect downfield Jamon Osmond's coming back, and that's my final key. Get Osmond rolling early. He's back healthy. I don't know if he's 100%, but it sounds like he's going to play. So get him involved early. Capitalize on the Mond-Osmond chemistry. They've been playing together since late high school at IMG, plus a very weak defense at Ole Miss. Get that combination rolling. That'll make life a lot easier for Jay Sternberger at tight end, the run game, and we'll open some things up for this offense. I think A&M wins it. The Aggies have not scored 30 points yet against a Power 5 opponent, but they have not played a Power 5 defense nearly this bad. A&M gets to 30 for the first time this season against the Power 5. Not by much. 31-27, to 27, the Aggies win the game. All right, big thanks to Jimmy Wright. Thanks to Trevor Knight, Justin Dunning, Cole Kublik of the SEC Network. Our producer is Dalton Hughes, and we'll be back next week to break down a game against Ole Miss Look ahead to UAB, who in the G5, by the way, is rolling along, especially defensively. So that'll be an interesting little out-of-conference test in Week 11 for Texas A&M. So we'll look ahead to that, look back on Ole Miss, and much, much more next week. Hope you've enjoyed the program. Gabe Bach with you. You've been listening to the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network.